0: Glacier Bank's totally free checking saves you both time and money. Visit your nearest Glacier Bank office today. There's a convenient location near you. Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. And on Flat and Electric Co-op Friday, we're joined by Courtney Stone. Good, Good morning, Courtney.
1: Good morning, guys. Great to talk to you.
0: You too. So so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, last time we were here, we were talking about uh, getting ready for the cold snap. Well, the cold snap happened. <laughs> were we ready?
1: You know, <clears throat> we were. It was still very nerve-wracking um, for everyone at Floodhead Electric, and I, I think lots of Reasonably thinking people in our area, all the headlines even yesterday were still about how many records we broke in uh, northwest Montana for cold temperatures and sustained cold temperatures.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, certainly uh, colder than what I remember even going back as a kid when it really was cold here in the winter, it seemed like. But still, uh, uh, were we prepared for it? I mean, were, were people prepared for what was going on?
1: Well, um, we did we did see that members were preparing perhaps more than they, they had done in, in recent years, and I, I think that perhaps the cold snap that we had in December 22 was fresh enough on people's minds um, that that contributed to that. At Flood Electric, we really took that outage and applied lots of lessons and did lots of work in the year that passed between those two cold snaps. Um So we felt ready, and we didn't have any particularly sustained outages. There were small ones here and there, and thank goodness for our linemen who are willing to go out in literally negative 40-plus temperatures to get the lights back on, the heat back on for everyone. Um, I can talk a little bit about some of the things that we did over the last year, or we can act like that cold snap didn't happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be my preference, but the fact of the matter is it did happen. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking that we were just driving in uh, and seeing these guys up uh, on that, uh, uh, that, uh, that lift, whatever it is you call it. So not only is it like 30 below zero and wind is blowing, these guys are up there in the air, 30, 40 feet up in the air, uh, working with high-tension wires, scary stuff.
1: Right. I mean, they're essentially performing open-heart surgery, right, on these these live wires that um, can very easily kill you if you don't know what you're doing with them. Uh, it's pretty amazing what they do in the conditions that they do them in. And, you know, in addition, we had ice weighing heavily on some of those lines, and there were winds kicking in the first part of that storm. So all of that really contributed um, to the work that they had to do. Luckily, the amount of outages were – Pretty relatively small. Um, over the course of that almost week-long cold snap, we had about 80 small outages that impacted about 9,500 members over the week. We do have 58,000 members, so um, it seems fairly reasonable that first all the outages were from from the wind and the weather that brought the storm in, and then after January 13th, as that as that sustained cold kept going. We saw the grid's protective measures kicking in to protect transformers and to protect fuses, um, and those outages lasted less than two hours. Um, and and that's in large part to our engineering department, as far as the protective measures kicking in and keeping those outages to a to a minimum. They spent the last thirteen months since that December twenty-two cold snap. Uh, upgrading equipment, adding system redundancy, which lets people be fed from more than one substation in case one should go down. Um, And we really put a lot of time and effort into hiring additional tree crews to help us in the last year with our tree trimming efforts. You know, there's a few trees around here, and when they go down, they take out the power. So Mm -hmm. some of the tree trimming efforts that we've been engaged in, uh, we did see the results of that during those recent cold temperatures. So that was a, a positive
0: now, you and I have talked about this before, Courtney, but I want to spend just a minute talking about the crew that's out there working these uh, in these extreme temperatures. They go through quite a training process, an ongoing training process.
1: They sure do. Um, they have to go to lineman school. I think a lot of people know that, but maybe not everyone does. That takes quite a while. And then it's not just that they're handed their go-card. They continue um, to sort of go through an apprenticeship pro- program at Floodhead Electric, and they continue giving up some of their Saturdays um, to continue learning. And then um, it seems to me that it's a lifelong process. The crews meet every morning to have a safety briefing, and and things are always changing. Technologies are changing. Weather's changing. They're always adapting to those changes to operate in the, the safest manner that they possibly can, doing the very dangerous jobs that they do.
0: Our conversation this morning with Flat Electric Co-op's Courtney Stone. And uh, uh, this isn't exactly a poll that you took, but it is a survey, and we'll learn about that next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: If you've been dreaming about a spring getaway, consider the Red Lion in Kalispell. Give me 60 seconds, and you'll see what I mean. This is Katie Persier for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. The Red Lion transforms into a New Orleans-like Mardi Gras, February 23rd, 6 to 10 pm. From lively music to colorful costumes, masks and beads, you'll be transported to the Big Easy. It's not only for a good time, the gala raises money for the Flathead Food Bank. With the needed funds, they'll be able to expand to be the distribution hub for pantries across Northwest Montana. Event ticket information is on the Flathead Food Bank's Facebook page. Or visit their website at flatheadfoodbank.org. Click events for more details. We think
2: a fun spring getaway right down the road sounds dreamy.
0: And today we're talking uh, Flathead Electric Co-op with Courtney Stone. So, uh, Courtney, it's not a poll. We're rising into polls, but you are taking a survey. (laughs)
1: We are uh, thanks for asking about that so we were just talking about that cold snap and um, some of the cold cold weather records that we set we also set some records for just how much electric demand we were putting on the grid which we were expecting and and prepared for but as our population grows um, as the electrification of everything grows you know we still have a lot of work to do to prepare our regional grid for um, the transition that we're in. And one of the ways that we think we can help do more with what we already have, which is always the most efficient and fastest way to do things, right, is to learn more from our members about how they use electricity. And, and you might think that we would know if our members have all electric homes or if they heat with gas from Northwest Energy or if they have two hot water heaters, but actually we don't really know any of that. So we're asking members to help us learn more about how we as an area are using the grid. And for a limited time, we're offering members a $10 bill credit if they will talk to us and take this survey. Um, I took the survey last night. It's at flatheadelectric.com slash energy survey. And it's not a particularly complicated survey. It took me about mm, maybe seven minutes to fill it out. And it's largely about the things in your home that use quite a bit of energy. Um, but if you'll go to flatheadelectric.com energy survey and take that survey, uh, you'll get that $10 bill credit for a little while here. And you'll really be helping your co-op, which you own. It's not-for-profit and member-owned, right? You'll be helping us figure out how we're going to do more with what we have into the future with our grid.
0: Yeah, I just think about all the ways that we're using electricity that we haven't before. One of them is the electric vehicles.
1: Yes, and that's part of the survey. We want to know if you have an electric vehicle um, and that way perhaps in the future we can partner with you if we're not already. We already are working with a lot of electric vehicle owning members but want to help partner with you to um, charge that vehicle in a way that actually can benefit the grid uh, preferably overnight as opposed to to being a drag on the grid during times of extreme demand.
2: Okay now I uh, read just recently that Elon Musk, you know, he's involved in a lot of stuff besides Tesla. And one of the things that's under development is a hydrogen engine. He's not putting all of his eggs in the uh, electric basket. Because uh when you think about it, water is H two O sure. One part hydrogen, two parts oxygen, I think or is it two parts hydrogen? I don't know. I don't know where that tube belongs. H two oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh the the bottom line is that it should be a clean energy when it mm-hmm. burns off because you're you're dealing with oxygen here and uh that might be a uh uh, a game changer down the road, but just like
0: electric, look how long it's taken electric
2: to get here. So,
0: But uh, but beyond all of that now, and of course our use of electricity, which is going to go up because we're going to keep having more people live here. Uh, what about uh, those dams down on the uh, lower Columbia River? Are, are we in, are, are we really in danger of losing
1: those? Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about those in, in the news in the last few months, and for good reason. Um, those those dams really came to the rescue, as they typically do this time of year during that cold snap. Um, Flathead Electric will be putting out some more information about just how much electricity the dams contributed uh, to the regional grid. You know, we've we've talked about this before in the mornings, about how, how odd it can be for those of us um, who've lived in Montana for multiple generations or for many years, or are just more aware of the state as a whole. When we think about Montana, we don't always think about being part of the Pacific Northwest, but we really are in terms of our regional electric grid. Over here, you know, we're not tied into the east side of Montana electrically, and hydro hydro hydropower, excuse me, is what we have. Um, over 80% of our electricity is hydropower, which is carbon-free and, and clean energy itself, which is wonderful. Um, And we'll get more into the details of some of that here in the coming days um, about just how much those lower Snake River dams and dams in the Columbia River power system in general, how they came to the rescue during this extended cold snap.
0: Well, I tell you one thing we all have to be is if you know anybody who lives in eastern Montana, uh, ask them about their electric rates and then tell them about ours. They will. Not, yeah, that sound you hear will be their chin hitting the desk mm-hmm. as it drops, because yes. it's it's absolutely amazing what Flathead Electric is able to deliver uh, in terms of electrical rates.
1: We are very lucky to be BPA customers and um, dependent on hydropower, which is reliable and very affordable. We can't.
0: You know, we just simply can't afford to lose those dams. Yeah. I,
2: I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I was aware of the Bonneville Dam and the Dalles Dam. And that was the Bonneville Power Project in the early mm-hmm. days. But now I guess there are 18 dams on the Columbia and its tributary, including the Snake River. So... Uh, I don't think they're talking about removing them down closer to the coast. It must be uh, more toward us. Uh, And uh, we need the electricity, that's for sure.
1: We do need the hydropower. There's a lot of dams in the Columbia River Basin in general. There's 31 alone on the system that feeds us energy and a lot more privately owned beyond that. That probably is a bigger conversation than the radio this morning. But I love that you guys are asking these questions. And I really encourage members who have questions to reach out to the co-op. One of us is almost always available to talk about the importance of hydropower to our, our local grid.
0: Now, the important thing here is that we need to become knowledgeable, as you're suggesting. The other part of it is we need to figure out what we can do to back up what our co-op is doing, because after all, we are all members.
1: We are all members. You know, the most effective thing you can do about any issue that concerns you is to be in close contact with Montana's congressional delegation and, and let them know how you feel Uh, In this case, the dams are a federal issue. They were put in by an act of Congress, and they would have to be taken out by an act of Congress. So it's important to let those Congress people know how you feel about hydropower.
0: Courtney Stone is our guest, and there must be something else going on at the co-op. Robin will ask you about that (laughs) next.
2: (laughs) If you had a wish for Flathead Valley teens, what would it be? well, besides cleaning their rooms and driving safely. This is Melanie Nixdorf for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. You might wish that teens build positive friendships, get support, make good choices, and be accountable. The Center for Restorative Youth Justice shares your wishes. February 15th, this nonprofit hosts an unusual gathering at the KM Building at 35 Third Street at 6 p.m. Not your average love story, is a night of daring storytelling amongst community members, special guests, and courageous audience participants. There will be appetizers, beer, and wine included with your $50 ticket. All proceeds go to benefit Flathead Valley teens. Any questions about the event are on Center for Restorative Youth Justice website, or you can call 406-257-7400. Our guest this morning, Flathead Electric Co-op's Courtney Stone. A lot uh, going on at the co-op. What else should we know about, Courtney?
1: Well, there's always so much going on at the <laughs> co-op. Uh, we just we just talked about that energy survey. That's, that's really high on our minds right now as we're trying to learn more about the grid. So I'll give you that website one more time, flatheadelectric.com slash energy survey to get that $10 bill credit. Uh, we also have our scholarships open right now. You know, we're so lucky in Montana that we can take our unclaimed capital credits, which are typically from members who move away and, and don't leave a forwarding address after five years if they haven't claimed their unclaimed capital credits. We can use those for educational purposes. And in recent years, we've given out almost $120,000 each year in scholarships for high school seniors and those already in college. So it's an easy apply on our website. Uh, February 25th is the deadline. So if you have high school seniors or or college kids in your lives who could use a a little boost, those scholarships range from $1,500 to $6,000 per year. So they can help.
2: Okay, and you have the uh, Roundup for Safety program, which is a great one. And uh, I automatically opted into that when I moved to the Valley over a dozen years ago. Uh, Is the... uh, Is the sign-up rate to, to the Roundup program really high among new customers?
1: Um, it is. We, we do roll people into Roundup uh, because most people find it a pretty easy way to give back to the community. Um, it's been around since 1997 uh-huh. and I anticipate that members will have rounded up their bills to about $5 million sometime in 2024, which is just incredible. We actually met last night. Uh, the board heard I think it was nine applications last night and you'll be hearing more about those in the news next week, but just some amazing community members. We have so many incredible neighbors among us that make our community safer but by, by proposing these projects and then asking for assistance with safety funding so okay. great program if you have questions about that that's on the website as well the last thing I want to mention that's going on at the co-op is I think really exciting uh, I think you guys have been to our annual meeting before which has been going on for 87 years now <laughs> going back to that member own I right? missed one we're changing up the meeting. yeah we're gonna change up the meeting this year um, We want to encourage members of all ages, um, families, business people, grandma, everybody. Saturday morning wasn't working that well for that entire demographic, so we have changed the annual meeting this year. We're going to meet on a Thursday in April, April 18th. We're going to meet at the uh, beautiful new Wachholz College Center at FBCC. And we're going to put on more of an energy expo, a conference with interactive booths for business people, for children, for mom and dad. Uh, There'll be something for everyone. Then we'll have a short business meeting with featured speakers being Pat Barkey and Mark Johnson. Pat's the director of the Bureau for Business and Economic Research at the University of Montana. Mark is our general manager and has decades of experience in the electric industry. And then we'll have dinner. So there'll be lots more to talk about as we get closer, but that's a big change happening at the co-op. Lots of work going into making sure we can welcome all of our members and offer a learning experience about electricity for all of them. I'm always
0: amazed at how much we learn about our co-op every time we talk with Courtney Stone. And, Courtney, we want to thank (laughs) you for that.
1: Oh, thank you. I love talking to you guys, and it's great to be able to reach members on the radio and encourage you all all to Reach out to me if there's a way that co-op can be helpful. All
2: right. Thank you, Courtney. Yeah.
0: It's Glacier Bank's Community Conversations, a service of Glacier Bank, where your checking is totally free. Just about.